Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to another week of the Live Life Aggressive Show. Since here, hope you got Mike Maul on the other side. Broadcasting live from the set of Fast and Furious 38. That's me over here. All <laughs> <laughs> the traffic in the background. Like we were saying earlier, suffice it to say, this will be the last episode where I have to hit this madness outside my window. Interstate 10, man. Finally moving, getting the hell away from here. So it served its purpose. So <laughs> That's what's good about a, a apartment rentals is just moving around. Friends I have who live in apartments in Vegas, they move, they've move. they lived in every part of the city because they just move every mm-hmm. six months, which is pretty cool. It's kind of cool. You get, a, you get a flavor of different parts of the town. Yeah, of course, people say, well, man, I'd just rather have a house. Like, no, nah, actually, that's a big headache. So, like, trust me, we have we have properties. We have properties, but, you know, it's it makes sense for us just for downsizing purposes and how small our family is that, yeah. you know, apartment works out for us. And, you know, cuts down a lot of costs in order to give us more money to invest in more properties and rent those out right. to people who don't want to live in apartments. And um, But, you know, the cool thing about the next place we're moving into, man, is just like, Kind of the same thing that happened with you when you moved. It's like, you know, I now I get my own little space, you know, a dedicated space just for the podcast, man. And it's going to be beautiful. In fact, when yeah. my wife started kind of asking around about places, she actually had that in mind. That was like a priority. So, you know, props <laughs> to her for that. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I wanted to make sure you guys had a, a good place to do the show. She said, instead of you having to sit out here on the kitchen island and, you know, sit there by this noisy, like, patio the entire time. So I, I appreciated that. So it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. Like you said, just another experience as well. It's a pretty cool place, so. Right. <clears throat> Sounds good. Well, man, yeah, we man. have my favorite guest on the show. Oh, yeah. For sure. And any, what's funny is anytime I talk to someone who's a fan of the show and I ask them what their, who their favorite guest is, if they say Ty Ritter, you know that's a good person. Exactly. <laughs> you know, <that's> a, <laughs> that says a lot about a, the person. That's a true fan right there of the show. Because <laughs> they really understand. Yeah, so we got Ty back finally. It's been a while since we've had you on. Ty, welcome back. Well, thank you for having me back. It's wonderful to talk to you guys again. Yeah, man, it's a pleasure. And it sounds like things yeah. are going really well in your life. And what's what's new and exciting with Project Child Save? Well, um, I hit that mark. Uh, I was able to go on rescues until uh, I was well into my 70 year. And uh, uh, I have uh, passed the torch to a degree. I still go over all the plans and uh, and and raise the money to do the the uh, rescues. Um, and sometimes I'm going to uh, stay in the staging area, but I'm not going through the door first anymore. I don't know whether I told you the last time I was on the show, I got hit in the shoulder, rung a leak, and uh, I was just waiting for the team to come by and say, Ty, I don't think you need to go anymore. So I I, I decided to uh, tell them first. And uh, I don't feel too bad about it, though. I feel sorry for the other two guys, but three of us were hit at the same time. One got hit in the very side of his neck and the other got hit in the calf so i feel good that i wasn't the only one which would have doubled down on me getting out of, of doing it but I've, I've just pressed my luck so much and uh, uh you don't want to see me in a swimsuit i got so many scars <laughs> and, and it's, it's the truth i've got uh knife machete um, 
I think that the uh, uh, Discovery Channel show uh, tells the story about the machete across my face. However, uh, my uh, doctor, who donates his time to help the children, he kept looking at my face and he said, you know, you couldn't get a date before this happened. I got to do something. <laughs> and he gave uh, me eight treatments, and it's, it's not nice, bad. Nice guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, and I did get a date after I told you I, I recently. Yeah, when it worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to take Big that doctor out. <laughs> He's a wonderful guy. He, uh, as a matter of fact, we brought a child to him who uh, was cut across the eye, the forehead, the eye. She lost her eye. That's how deep it was, and across her nose and her lips. She did lose her eye, but today you could not even tell she was cut. And the nose and the lips are so hard to work with. He's an amazing guy that donates any time we have a child uh, in in a situation like that. Uh, um, they're there, him, and he calls in other doctors to donate their time and, and fix kids up. It's really great. Uh, our last rescue uh, was kind of... Uh, yeah, extraordinary in that one of the children had uh, no left arm. And wow. uh, when I first got the report, I'm thinking, well, she, they took her arm? What? But evidently it was a birth defect, which adds another question is, why would they want a child for trafficking with a birth defect or no arm? And I talked to several experts about it, and they said there there are people who who would go for that, who want. Yeah, that. I was like, I was going to say you don't want you don't you don't, yeah. don't want to go to the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, you don't want to go to the yeah, bottom exactly. of the barrel with the gravity. There's no end to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as much as I've seen, uh, I'm constantly surprised by the next thing I see. <laughs> it's just. Unbelievable. But uh, we got 18 kids out that time, and uh, the team, uh, uh, they got off to a rough start when I stopped going. Uh, they weren't, they're so geared on doing the rescue that they weren't paying particular attention to detail. And uh, they'd show me the, the, the rundown on it, the workup on it, and I'd throw it back at them and say, what? Don't, don't even show this to me now. It's full of crap. And they're going, what, what, what? And I look at it. You tell me what, what, what? And they, they come back with uh, apologies. And, and now they've, they've really streamlined it, and they're looking at all the details. And uh, the team leaders have taken charge, and, and uh, it's, it's working out real good, real good. So I'm very happy about being able to be in the background. I got so many aches and pains. I dislocated my left leg twice, my right leg once, my left shoulder once, my right shoulder twice. And the doctor told me, you know, the body's going to take dislocating once, but you dislocate twice, you're going to pay for that later. And I'm paying for it now. I get my right arm up really quick. I can defend myself. Getting it back down, it's a bugger. <laughs> so, uh, stuck in that position. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's time to uh time to move on. I'm seventy one now and uh but I did it until I was almost seventy one and I'm proud of that. I'm healthy and uh I'm still healthy. I'm just not as fast I I I zig when I should have zigged more, you know. And the last time I got hit was just right on the edge of where the bulletproof vest stopped. And uh I just I just figured I'd press my luck a little too much. I need to step back and let the youngsters do it. And they're they're magnificent. They are so good. So good. I'm so happy with them and, and what they go through and come back ready to do it again. I don't remember what I told you on the last show, but uh, um, one one of the things that sticks in my mind constantly, even hard to talk about, is uh, going through the place after we've cleared it, got gotten all the children. We go and inspect for that one child that's hidden away someplace that ran for cover because of the noise, the, the gunfire, or whatever, and. Uh, we went through, uh, this was in Guatemala, and we went through the place and got out back, and we found uh, either a six- or seven-year-old. That was never determined, but that's an approximate uh, deceased in a wheelbarrow with uh, trash and beer cans all over. Had yeah. to, uh, to watch my guys standing over them, and I'm watching them. Straighten out a body that uh, rigor mortis had set into of a child and put it in a body bag and watch them on their knees crying. That's, uh, these are war hardened special ops people, Navy SEALs and Green Berets, and uh, to see that and know without question. They'll be back tomorrow doing it again. Mm. It, uh, takes me back to the moment. Hard to talk about it. But they're uh, my guys. And uh, they are truly America's best. I am nothing without them. And uh, so proud to be part of them. How, how long have you been in the field, Ty? When did, when did, this, when did you go on your first mission? Uh, that would be March of 1975. Wow. Okay. So you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. To make it from then, yeah. To make it from then to 70. I mean, that's that's a long stretch. Long stretch. Exactly. <clears throat> I, I I like to think God's been looking over my shoulder. However, maybe I had an angel sitting on my shoulder, but this last time that bullet came close to him, he probably bailed on me now. So I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, and, you know, uh, for a living, I have been bodyguarding uh, basically all my life and doing stunt work. And I always had to dye my beard because I've had gray hair on my face since I'm 27. And uh, nobody wants a bodyguard or people rescuing their children with uh, old men doing it. So I always dyed it, but I've let it go. And uh, and uh, 
the women are liking it anyways. Especially uh, <laughs> Sarah. Sarah likes it. Um, so I'm enjoying that. Yeah, having a having that salt and pepper look is kind of like wearing a, a wedding ring and being single, right? It's just a magnet. <laughs> I wish I could say salt and pepper. You know, the color of Santa Claus. <laughs> you see these married guys in Vegas? They they take their rings off and they walk into casinos. Like, buddy, leave it on, man. You know, if you're looking to. <laughs> it's, it's a, you have the wrong strategy. Exactly. Yeah. They're gonna run the opposite uh, way when they see that naked finger of yours, man. <laughs> you look like a commitment, and <laughs> they're not looking for that in Vegas. <laughs> so you look like someone no one else wants. So why would I want you? Like, oh, you have a ring on? Oh, shit! If someone else found your ugly ass attractive, there might be something to you. <laughs> well, uh, to get back to it, we we've done very good uh, this year. I got to do an approximate because I uh, not being to write. Uh, executive for the job, I did not look up exactly how many kids we've gotten this year, but uh, my best guess is approximately 44 right in that area so far this year. Could That's be great. a little higher. And, uh, you know, we love to go and get the big ones, like when we did the double and we got 161 kids, but Every now and then we get four or 18. The last one was 18. And they're just as important as, as if, if we get one. Just as important as 161. So, so, oh, no doubt. pretty easy so far. And, uh, uh, you know, it's always the fight for the donations to get out there and do more. But also, it is the time and planning. We don't jump into it. We can't. Even though we have a window, we found kids and we know we have a window, we cannot just jump into it and go, go, go. We've got to do all the planning and make sure A meets B and and everybody's safe. So it's, uh, you know, we're only able to do so many a year. and. Uh, you know, with more donations, we can do more. But uh, that's not rushing it. That's just—it's not doing ten more a year. It's doing maybe three to five more a year. But that's a lot of kids, a lot of children to give them a chance at life. Now, so, if you get more donations, do you need to recruit more team members? Obviously, the number one limiting factor is donations, but let's say theoretically you got infused with a million dollars this week. Would that allow you to attract are – there, are there more people you're trying to attract into it, more former operators to grow your team as well? You know, another blessing I have, the caliber people who are special ops, Navy SEALs, Marine Corps Recon, Green Berets, Army Rangers, they hear about me and they line up. I have no want for more at any time. I don't have to search. They come to me asking to help. I even have former FBI, former Homeland Security, regular cops wanting to, to help. Uh, 
you know, and you when get people... past the bureaucracy. And, right. Uh, and uh, the average cop on the street, one of the reasons we have the best police department in the world in the United States, uh, everyone from that sheriff in the burg to downtown L.A. cop, um, they're the best in the world. That's all there is to it. And it's why we don't have as many children missing as as in other countries. Yeah. You know, it's everywhere, but not as much in the United States as. Although we brought back kids from the United States, but um, my, a favorite of mine, which I don't ever want to do again, is bringing a kid out of Saudi Arabia. I would rather do Moscow than Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and we just got, uh, we're working on one right now to possibly bring another one out of Saudi Arabia. We'll this, see. Is a, this is an Ameri- American kid? American kid in Saudi Arabia? An American kid that was taken from Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's very, benef- sure very beneficial having, you know, guys who are former FBI as well, because, you know, yeah. when it comes to having resources for kidnapping, I mean, these are like the guys that have on your team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They they can't uh, always, they can't go out on uh, an actual rescue. But uh, I've got from, from sheriff's departments to FBI advisors. It's really funny. Uh, years ago, people would feel their child's on a back burner and they would go to the FBI and say, look, I've contacted this uh, group called Project Child Save to help us because we feel that our child's on the back burner with you. And they would say, oh, no, you don't want mercenaries. You don't want, you don't want uh, uh, people like that going after your child. Uh, you're, they're going to get your child killed. I've evolved so much and got so many people behind us and the work we've done and the thank yous from parents that now when people uh, call and are wondering if I really do what I say I do, I say call the FBI. They give me a great reference and they really do. They really do. I've had a whole bunch of people. Uh, including a new member on my board of directors, uh, he he uh, called the FBI, double checking before he wanted to volunteer, and he just said, "Are they the real thing?" They said, "Wait a minute." Came back to him in a minute and said, "Yeah, they're the real thing." So I now use the FBI as a reference, um, and that's really a good feeling. Really a good feeling. Because they know we're, we're not cowboys. We're not trying to be them. We're just taking up the void, you know. Right. They right. they are bound by jurisdiction and and budgets yep. on so much they can do in a certain area and all that stuff. We can we just fill right. that in that area. Mm-hmm. And if we know where the kids are, got the ability to do it. There's no saying no. When we say no, it's condemning these children. The, the little ones, they're, they're fragile. They don't last that long under those conditions. Diseased yeah. and drugs and broken bones, and they don't last that long. Right. So we're, we're saving their lives and filling that gap. That, that the great agency and FBI agents and any other agency, the guy out on the street, he wants to do it too. I'm not taking anything away from them. 
they are fantastic. They're just held down, and and they do something like that, they're going to lose their their retirement. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Ty, so I, so people understand where donations go. My understanding is that everyone on the team is volunteering his or her time. So when someone makes a donation, let's say someone donates $500, that's $500, 100% go into the actual mission. Is that correct? Uh, it goes to two things. It goes to educating parents on how to keep their kids safer in today's society. And that okay. is basically my book. And all the profits mm-hmm. from the go to the charity. Uh, I give it away. For every one I sell, I give 100 away. Keeping children safe in today's society mm-hmm. and to yeah. the rescue of children. Uh, the safety part in today's society is um, basically my book. People come up to me and say, how can I keep my child safe in today's society? I don't have three hours to spend with them. I give them right. a book. Right. And, um, uh, and my book just got recognition and, and uh, myself. Uh, I, I was a joint uh, uh, presenter with uh, John Walsh at an event. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, very cool. I think I, it's on my website. Uh, and uh, what, what admire, a man I admire for the work he's done with uh, criminals and the tragedy that happened to him and his family. And the fact that he's still with his wife, they kept it together because, you know, when a child's missing, the first thing that happens is somebody says, well, you were supposed to be watching that child. Right. And it was his wife who was watching the child. But a very innocent thing she did, and and it was taking her eyes off for basically a couple of moments. And and that's that window that they're looking for, and they grab those kids. Yeah, and um, they kept it together and, and fight against criminals. And it was just an honor to be uh, a speaker on the same podium as, as him, on the same view. Just, just wonderful. And uh, he's doing some work down in Mexico now, and uh, uh, offered my assistance down there, and uh, he. Uh, grateful. So we'll see what happens. Um, as far as uh, the donations, uh, uh, anyone can go online at uh, projectchildsave.org or just type in Ty Ritter. You could get my cousin, Tyler. Uh, sometimes he comes first, sometimes I come first on that, on the name. Uh, but uh, uh, that'll take you straight to Project Child Save, drawing the line, protecting uh, children, and uh, which is you know we with everything going on in the world, there should be a red line that nobody crosses, and that's leave our children alone. That's so obvious, so so mean. It, it's it's the ultimate line. I yeah. mean, that's our future. Our children is our future. And to to uh, target children, what what is that? You know. So so that's a red line that needs to be drawn, and 
But what do you, what do you think can be done about cults in America? Because this human trafficking is not just a problem outside of America. It's a big problem in America that no one really wants to talk about. And just recently in the news, there was an actress who was on the show Smallville several years ago that was linked to a human trafficking scheme in America that was provoked by a cult. So how much of this, what, what can we do about this problem happening actually in America? This could be happening in our neighborhoods, our cities. Well, part of it is uh, educating uh, law enforcement and uh, gentlemen of the courts uh, about what's going on and how to deal with, with uh, these people. Um, you know, a, a, a pedophile, the only time he ever feels guilt or apologizes is the moment he's arrested, when he's about to be sentenced, and when he's trying to get paroled. Other yeah. than that, he thinks it's okay uh, from the past coming out to bite us is, uh, well, uh, a 12-year-old that she's uh, reached uh, that period in her life, uh, uh, she can be married and she can pull, have kids and cook the dinner and pull the plow when the horse is sick. You know, those days are gone, but they lean on that. Nature mm -hmm. says that it's okay. And understanding the animal that you're dealing with and, and, uh, uh, understanding that it's everywhere. I was in Connecticut, Hartford, Connecticut, and I was, uh, doing a fundraiser and, uh, talking to different groups. And when I said it's everywhere, I could see people rolling their eyes. Right. While I was speaking, a fella in the audience Amazing. had his earbuds in and was listening to the news, and he stood up and he said, wait a second, wait, oh, you've got to hear that, and he turned it up. They discovered a child trafficking network in Hartford, and all of a sudden, I was on three TV channels and I think it was seven radio channels for the next two days. It is everywhere. It's it's in show, show business. That doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. It's a matter of news, and you can look it up. A Disney production group, not the Disney Corporation, a, a production company could have been uh, a company that they hired, whatever, but they were working for Disney, was doing child pornography. Good Morning America, the same thing, a production group was doing child pornography uh, some years back. It's, it's, it's in every corner of our lives. I just moved to a wonderful bird next to a lake and checked it out. I could not believe the amount of convicted pedophiles in this area. Hmm. I mean, for a small area, a population of two and a half, six and a half are um, convicted pedophiles. So it, it, we have that fear, and then we have trafficking fear on top of that. Something new, new news that I wanted to give you, the main groups that are controlling a lot of this, my arch enemy in South America who controls two-thirds of the trafficking of children in, in all of South America, him and his family, uh, groups like him and other groups are now approaching low lowlifes, drug addicts, gang members, 
people of ill repute that and saying, uh, bring me a redhead uh, under 10 years old. I'll give you $500. They've enlarged their army. And I heard about it two years ago. I've substantiated it now, proven it to be true just recently. So now they are enlarging their army, looking for that window to grab that child. They're getting low lights off of the street to do their bidding for them. And what do they care? The guy gets caught? What do they care? No skin off yeah. of their nose. Right. And uh, I think I told you the story before. It, it That window, it can be so tiny. Uh, oh, yeah. A police officer that does traffic when we're doing the stunt work, and I've worked with him many times, uh, he was telling me, you know, I just had an incident with uh, my granddaughter. I was uh, in an affluent area in a Macy's, and I was trying to match a pair of socks to a pair of pants I had just bought. And I swear, I never had my eyes off of my granddaughter for more than 30, 40 seconds. I looked down, she's gone. I looked up, and a guy had her by the hand and heading out the door. Mm. He got the child back because he's wearing a gun. He's a police officer. And uh, the guy got away, but he got, got his grandchild back. But, you know, if he would spend another 10 seconds, the child yeah. would have been gone probably forever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. And is it going to happen to you? Is it going to happen to somebody you know? Probably not. But it's happening enough that if I had the money, I could be doing rescues around the clock constantly. I'd, I'd turn them down. I'll take in the information and say when I have the money, uh, I'll do what I can, you know, because a lot of these parents, they, they've spent their money. They spend it on posters and, and private investigators and psychics, and they've had money stolen from them and stuff. How much, of a, how much of a mistake do you think it is for parents to constantly share photos of their kids all over social media? So now I was about to get into this whole parental <laughs> safety thing because uh, there, there was actually a couple more topics I wanted to bring up to tie that's happened recently. Even beyond that, um, you know, I know you're talking about educating as well because I think the education part could be the biggest help because there are so many parents now who are just letting their kids do what they want. They're pretty much letting two things raise their kids, the Internet and their teachers. But what I wanted to bring up to you, Ty, was like, um, you know, recently you know, you have, you've had a lot of protests and everything going on. You know, from the Parkland shooting and, you know, last week at the time that we were recording this on 420, there was a national walkout day at schools. And I saw this video, of this one parent who went and addressed, like approached the, the principal of the school and wanted to know why did his 12 year old son get up and walk out of class? Why did she let these kids just leave? And he was like, anything can happen to them. You know, you're the principal, you're the adult. She says, well, you know, my only concern is when, you know, all my, you know, my students are all leaving. I just want to make sure, you know, I'm just worrying about their safety and want to make sure they're okay. He goes, yeah, but you have all these 12-year-olds telling you they're going to leave and they all walk away and you're one person. You know, what kind of school are you running here? And he's like, you're the teachers. We entrust you to take care of our children in school while we're not around. And I, I think, and basically he was saying, you're so worried about, you know, your agenda and, you know, your beliefs that you're putting 
that ahead of the safety of our children. And I think we're starting to see that a lot in a lot of places now where, you know, somebody's an adult's opinion or whatever else trumps the safety of the kids. Instead of just saying, hey, you're 12. You can't tell me you're walking out. You need to sit your butt in this because your parents dropped you off. You need to stay here. <laughs> and you can find a, a you can find another way to protest. But and what ended up happening in another location during the same day, a kid goes out. I mean, there's all these kids, march, they walk out in El Paso. One kid gets run over during the protest in traffic, <laughs> you know. So but my thing is, how easy would it be, especially in Texas and El Paso, you know, being that close to Juarez and all those places, how easy, how many of those kids have gotten snatched up, you know, and next thing you know, they're missing. They're being trafficked now because these adults didn't step up and do their job of, like, being the adults in the situation. <laughs> uh, the, the border towns go without, without questioning. Uh, Sarah uh, owns a property on, in a border town, and children are missing all the time. It's so easy to snatch them off the streets and get them across the border. Uh, as far as the kids in school, you know, it, uh, parents have – Parenting has changed so much when a school has rules to protect the children. Parents are coming back with, if my kid wants to walk off, you let him walk off. They're looking, it's almost like they're looking for a lawsuit. And uh, uh, control on, on, on kids, once they're turned into your custody, which they are in school, is on you. And right. a school should be able to tell a parent, no, they're staying here. They're not walking off randomly and uh, uh, take control of that situation. Um, uh, parents, I hear it all the time. Oh, well, we used to do that when we were kids. Well, no, you shouldn't. When you were a kid, <laughs> exactly. it, there was no Internet. You didn't have to lock your doors. It's a whole new world. Your child has dollar signs on his head. And they're worth money, and every time you ignore that, every time you drop them off in a mall or let them go to a theater by themselves uh, or a couple of them, uh, you're, 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 get, you're throwing the dice. You're throwing the dice, and it's um, as simple as that. And uh, it's like when uh, in my book I talk about uh, – um, I'm going to plug my book right now <laughs> – uh, I, uh, my body is my own. This is a. Uh, I talk about uh, uh, kids and their and their computers. There are no closed doors in kids and computers. Uh, putting a computer in a central area of the home, and there's you don't give a kid com, a computer that you don't know how to operate. You don't know how to check to see what they're looking at and who they're talking to. The home is not a democracy. It can't be. If it is, the children will be running the home. And uh, you just have to take charge. And, and, and uh, you know, um, I've heard a lot of mothers say, oh, my daughter's my best friend. We're very close. She tells me everything. <laughs> yeah. Lady, you must be on cheap dope because that's just not happening. Kids yeah. don't do that. They don't tell you everything. Right. Right, exactly. Hell, think, just think about, think about just think about when you're a kid. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Every, everyone has their little secret lives. That's just the reality of the human condition. Right. 
but it's, especially it's with kids. What, what, look, when I was a teenager, I wasn't telling my parents. Believe me, my <laughs> my parents knew what I was doing when I was a teenager. There would have been a lot more for them to say. So the last yeah. thing I was going to do is like, hey, mom, I'm going to go do some LSD today. Just letting you know, just giving you a heads up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, parents need to take charge of, of the family again. Uh, some parents do a great job, uh, and others it's it's uh, like there's no parenting at all. And, and uh, um, I think it's also important for all of us to take charge. And what I mean by that is, you know, when I go to the dog park, there's kids all the, I see kids all the time, and I just keep an eye on them. I just go down. I mean, make sure they're okay. Make sure there aren't any. If I see an adult talking to a kid, I, I, I get a little bit closer. What are they talking about? Who is this person? Most of the time, I mean, I would say 100% of the time it's been innocent so far, but what's the harm in me just walking by quickly, exactly. hearing what's going on over there, or just keeping an eye from afar? Because a lot of times parents aren't doing that, and they should be doing it. That's definitely true. We all agree on it. But if they're not going to do it, the least I can, at least I can do it since I'm in the area. Yeah, uh, that's a very good thing. A very good thing. Yeah. What's your thing? But, but, I, but I, so I see distracted right now. Everybody's so distracted exactly. in their phones. Exactly. The parents on the phones, having a conversation with people while they're on their phones, and the kid's just out doing whatever. They don't even know where the kid is at this point. He's like, where'd he go? And and they're still calm about that. It's like, huh, where'd he go? Like, are you serious right now? You're in a big park, and you're full of people, and you're very calm. To be just like, where'd he go? He's like, no, you should have a little bit of urgency just in case. You don't you don't know what's going on. But um, So, yeah, it doesn't hurt to actually be... I mean, just stay stay connected, still be a human being, and look out for them. Right. Like you said, Ty, it's like these are these are kids. You know, this this is where the line is drawn. This this is off limits. So we all, like you said, they're our future. So we all need to protect our future because, like it or not, people, these are people going to grow up if, if if they're safe and grow up safely. They're going to be the ones that are gonna be taking care of some of you folks. So you might want to take care of your investment here. You know, so. Something that might surprise you a little bit. I have uh, people that come up to me and say, yeah, I saw kids there, and they they were uh, just hanging around, and there were people watching them and taking pictures of them and stuff. And, and that's all they say about it. And then I have other uh, adults say, yeah, there was a kid there, and they're doing this, that, and the other. And, and I kind of hung around and watched them and then until the parent showed up. And I hear that a lot, uh, adults taking that step forward and and uh making sure that kid's all right and it's very pleasing to me actually i know the opposite is happening more oh, and yeah. i hear from from parents a lot that uh or just adults that aren't even parents saying i i, I hung around to see that that kid was all right so it's a wonderful thing it's a good thing and uh you know, if, if people knew what these children go through, you know, when, when we pick them up, when when they're, they're, they've got a cable around their leg and attached to a wall and they got a cot with, with, uh, with a blanket, no pillow, no sheets, no nothing, no pot to go to the bathroom in, urine and feces around the floor. You know, maybe people, if they knew that, what what the kids heading for if they're traffic, uh, they would they would take that extra minute and watch and see that that kid's all right before they just walk away. 
Yeah, I think the problem is, like you said, as we've talked about before, is a lot of parents don't want to know, or a lot of people, I should say, just in general, they don't want to know. And you've experienced that yourself where you give lectures and people are closing their ears or running out of the room or saying stupid stuff such as just hearing this is bad karma. I've brought up discussions about Project Child Save, and you want to clear a room quickly. <laughs> if I want to get rid of people fast, I just start talking about Project Child Safe because they don't want to hear about it. It may it's, it's a real downer for people. And what's funny is my my brother does a lot of activism, right? Animal rights activism. He's also a big fan of Project Child Save though, and talks about it a lot. And he'll have people come up to him while he's doing activism work, saying, "Oh, who cares about these animals? What about kids?" And he'll say, "Yeah, that's a good point. Go check out Project Child Save. They do a lot to save kids in the worst situations." But these people don't want to hear that. The second he says that, they go, "Oh." You know, they're not going and they're not running to their computers to check out your your website. They're just looking for a reason not to do anything. That's the truth. Uh, that's, that's really the truth. It's, it's, uh, they they, uh, they don't I think know the sad reality is that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. In their defense, they don't know what to do about it, and they will bury their heads. But that's that mentality, third world country mentality. If it doesn't affect me, what do I care? That's where uh, I'm going. I think I think the sad reality is a lot of people don't care because it's not their kids or anyone they know. They're not. They don't want to vocalize that because you sound like a bad person, which you are. But a lot a lot of people genuinely don't care. I mean, if they hear about your organization and then do nothing to support it, even if you can't donate money, you get the word out there. Maybe you buy the book. You donate it to your local library. And first of all, I don't, I don't believe anyone in America can't donate a dollar. So let's just start there. I mean, what if 300 million people donated one dollar? That's it. 300 million people donate one dollar to save every kid in the world. You know, it, it, it's funny. Uh, when I, uh, the city that I came from, uh, La Cunada, um, I wasn't getting much of a response. But as fate would have it, I rescued the grandchild of a person who lived in La Cunada, uh, the Saudi Arabian thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Rescued that child. And I got so much attention from the Kiwanis clubs there. They they have a Project Child Save Day is June 5th, June 5th in, in that town now. Oh, because cool. it hit close to home. It hit close to home. Right, and, right. And they recognized that one of their own was taken. It's a shame that it didn't go throughout the county. Well, that's not true. I got an award from the County of Los Angeles. That's on the website also for that. But uh, um, when it hits close to home, if they know somebody where it's happened or if it happens to their own, they're they're on it. But other than that, you know, you, you drive down the streets of, of uh, Rio de Janeiro, an ambulance goes by, nobody pulls over. That's right, right. Most, most countries are like that. Yeah, America is unusual in that way in that we have a law where everyone has to get out of the way. But in a, in a lot of countries, they don't have that law. An average person could care less. They're not an ambulance is stuck in traffic. Someone's having a heart attack and no one's getting out of the way. It boils down to a value of life. Value of life should be first on the list. It should be the most important thing. It is not in most countries. Definitely. I'm not sure how much better I'm not sure how much better we do either though as Americans. Well, I, can, I think we like to like we like to think to we do. A, <laughs> you know? I was about to bring up a situation like just like you were saying when it doesn't affect someone directly, they don't care. And one of the things I've noticed especially we were talking about, 
you know, the lady in, in, in Hollywood that was, you know, part of Smallville was on that show right. and how she was helped trafficking kids, you know, for this cult she was a part of. But she's not the mm-hmm. only one. I mean, everything from the from the news about Pizzagate and all this other stuff and then all these other underground things that are going on in Hollywood. One thing, some of the Me Too stuff is revealed that, you know, some of these some of these execs have, were pedophiles. And right. even in the music industry, I mean, there's one pedophile that continues to get away with stuff, but it seems like he's about to have his day, and that's R. Kelly. And for yeah. years, over 20 years, people have let this dude get a pass. People have seen the videotape from 20 years ago, you know, when he's with the 14-year-old girl, where you obviously can tell this guy was holding this girl against her will. And, but he lies and says it's his brother. And somehow, again, he had the best lawyer, so he got out of that case. But now he's having allegations brought up against him again from a former girlfriend who he groomed to be his sex pet when she was 14, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, after a while, it's like, come on, how, how many more is it going to take before you people finally give him a pass? But what really sucks is, beyond the justice system giving him a pass, it's his fans who give him a pass, especially women, especially when these women who claim to be all for women and empowerment or whatever else, but they'll still play this dude's music. You know, just mm-hmm. like I'm amazed at any sporting event when I hear – they play Gary Glitter. I'm like, are, we, are y'all really playing this right now? And you see the most conservative and family-valued people, you know, screaming, dun, 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 dun. hey, I'm like, dude, you're singing with a pedophile. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, and there's Woody yeah. Allen. He still, he still gets a pass. Even in Hollywood, right. even during the Me Too, these people were still giving him a pass. The same people who were wearing black dresses and saying enough is enough, yet they will still defend him. I'm just like, so when you send those, oh, yeah. when these prominent people are sending out this message to everyone, to the public, then the public starts thinking like, well, you know, they, you know, why should I care? They don't care as long as it's not my kid. It makes it very easy for someone to say that. Well, Hollywood, Hollywood is uh, it, it's uh, inherited uh, their their right to be above it all. Years ago, Hollywood, <laughs> the studios had their own police. If it happened on the lot or to a star, they handled it, not the regular police. They've kind of been above it. This this uh, uh, casting couch has been going on for decades oh, yeah. upon decades. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, they, they cost this one guy, the Weinstein, uh, but uh, everybody knows it. Everybody's been part of it uh, or yeah. a victim of it. And, and uh, um, you know, it, it's that sort of thing, and including trafficking, ownership of, uh, uh, I can't mention names because it hasn't ever gone to court, and it's, uh, it's that hearsay that everybody knows is true. Uh, a couple of uh, very well-known celebrities, old-time celebrities, had, uh, um, and business people, had gotten together and they started uh, a little club to see who could own another person. And they start off, uh, somebody has a little business and they, they, they say, okay, I'm going to lend you the money. I'm going to get you started and all this stuff. If it fails, you got to come to work for me for the next two years type thing. And they ended up in an ownership type thing and they couldn't get out of it. They couldn't get away from it. And the ownership was extremely abusive. And some well-known stars were involved in it. It's been kept a secret so far. It's, uh, it's just starting to come to light and the names would, uh, 
would surprise you involved in it. Um, I can't say them because I don't want to get sued because nothing's been proven in court yet. But it's a known fact throughout Hollywood. Everybody knows it. 90% of Hollywood said stay away from Weinstein. He's an animal. Right. But, I mean, I worked there. I know uh, that was that was the thing. I had some people that wanted to get a special movie made, uh, some religious girls, a couple of girls, and they got finally got an appointment with him, and I said, walk away from it. Get away from it. You don't want to see that man. And, so, and they ignored me. And... Uh, in in the meeting, a luncheon meeting in his office, they got roped and very close to to rape. That's the choice. That's all. Hollywood to a degree. There's a lot of wonderful people in Hollywood. A lot of wonderful people. Uh, good people. But there's there's the others that are above it all. And. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that uh, uh, some of the actors, I was surprised. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that, um, and I'll repeat it because I'm saying it might not be true. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. owned 51% of the movie Deep Throat. Now, I have worked with and I've met him several times, the nicest guy in the world. But uh, nice guys don't do funny things. Uh, and that's to say, is that a funny thing? Well, by today's standards, no. But back when Deep Throat first came out, yeah, that was wild. That was wild. And uh, uh, like I said, I've worked with him and, and know him, spent private time with him. And nicest guy in the world, and and uh, helping people, helping pe- helping strangers. I watched him write an eight thousand dollar check to a complete stranger because the person needed needed dental work done. Wow. <laughs> On the spot, and I'm thinking, are you crazy, Sammy? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's that's for <laughs> Everyone with bad teeth all of a sudden starts showing up. <laughs> like, hey, Sammy, I heard you helped out a friend of mine. <laughs> people start messing up their own teeth. They're like, oh, man, he helps people with messed up teeth? Shit. What's your take on Michael Jackson, right? Because there was a lot of controversy around his time. There were people that were adamant that he did, loved kids, didn't touch kids at all. And then there were people on the opposition. Do, do you have any inside track as someone who's someone in this world? You know, it's um, such a talent, such a talent. Uh, I I don't know of anyone who worked with him or for him bodyguard wise. Uh, I I have my own experience. Uh, We were at uh, a restaurant uh, bodyguarding someone else, and uh, he was there. And they always said that he didn't do drugs and stuff. He was blasted out of his mind. But everything else is almost the he said, she said. Does it look bad for him? It sure doesn't look good. 
to come out and say he was a pedophile, you know, understanding a childhood in Hollywood, he was the baby of the family. Did he really not have a chance to grow up? Possibly. Was he, when someone saw him at the age of, of 25 years old, 30 years old, was he still a child? Very possible in in those situations. Does that give him an excuse to take advantage of children? I don't think there's ever an excuse. However, and a possible understanding of playing with his own age, experimenting, and things like that. Uh, some people probably look at me and say, you're nuts. But I have met, grew up with one childhood actor, and uh, all he ever heard was, you're the greatest, you're the best. You can do no wrong. What do you need? What do you want? I'll get you anything. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to do that. Uh, you're putting in your time in school. Uh, you don't have to do that. You're, you don't have to get A's. You're wonderful. You're, you're doing fine. And you can stay a kid in that situation for a long time. And I do know that Michael Jackson, I talked to his brother Pat, uh, Michael was the favorite. Michael was the adored one. And uh, for him to have been kept a child as long as possible, I don't doubt it. His father was the caliber person that could do that. Yeah. I, I don't know. To say he's guilty of those things, I can't say that. To say he's not guilty, I can't say that either. Um, I can say that... Uh, the atmosphere he grew up in probably had a great deal to do with whatever he was or wasn't. Yeah. Can we ever address the the real people that we could like point some fingers at the parents of these children? Because yeah. they're the first line of protecting these kids and even not to make sure they're not even in a situation where it could be where it could have happened or it couldn't have happened. Right. You know, where they were saying, Oh, Big celebrity Michael Jackson, dollar signs. Yes, go be yeah. his friend. He's a he, right. he has a he's harmless. You can spend the night in Michael's house. Um, it's a thirty-something-year-old man. This is a ten-year-old kid. What are you talking? Would you do that with anybody in your family like that at that age that yeah. you didn't know, or some other Joe the plumber? Joe the plumber in your neighborhood is having a yeah. Joe the plumber in your neighborhood is having a sleepover for kids. Exactly. Who's gonna let them? It's like, oh yeah, go over to Jimmy's house down the street. He's having a sleepover. Yeah, it's like oh, you well, have a red flag through. for the plumber, but you don't have a red flag for a dude that walks around with one glove and puts his hangs his kid over a balcony in front of German fans. I'm like, okay, seems, <laughs> that seems about right. <laughs> Great well, parents. In Michael's, in Michael's case, his father was the person in his life because he ruled all. His oh, father. Yes. I mean, he had, he'd take care of his investment. <laughs> yeah, he's according, cash to, according to Pat. Michael, and, and you can look at it in, in the original early videos and stuff of him, uh, Michael was the star. He was the little one that was leading the singing and, and, and dancing around and doing wild stuff. Uh, uh, so to, for someone to tell me that Michael was the favorite, that's easy to see. 
uh, not just with his father, but even with like Barry Gordy at Motown, with Diana Ross, you know, and, and you know, and Susan DePass, you know, who was pretty much in charge of the Jacksons. So basically, had all these people that pretty much just worshipped the ground he, he walked on, and you're a special child. You're so special. You're so special. Look, man, you say that a million times. I mean, especially at that young of an age. You're going to believe it. You're going to buy into it, especially with all these adults. The authority figures are telling you this. These are people you're supposed to trust. They're the ones supposed to take care of you. And if they say that, then it must be so. <laughs> you know, so and this, for, how hard would it be uh, to get out of that mentality when you're an adult? You know, you've heard it yeah. all your life. And and when you're hanging your own child off of a balcony by the foot, uh, <laughs> and you, that's something you can see a stupid 8-year-old doing or 12-year-old exactly. doing. <laughs> Right, and, he, right, and he doesn't right. understand what's wrong. When when everybody was like, when it was in the media that he did that, he just couldn't understand like what was the big deal. And how can <laughs> so I do anything? That's a child wrong? mentality. I do, is, is I do everything right. I'm the right. greatest. So, so it, I it, can drop it, that child. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it's it's a form of uh, the Munchausen syndrome. Yeah, almost the opposite. You know, it's, it's a brainwashing to a degree. I think that if he were, if Michael would have been found guilty of molesting a child, I, I think uh, that that's a terrible thing and stuff. Uh, I would like to think that some special considerations would have been taken into to it. And I don't mean necessarily a lighter sentence or whatever, but uh, I, you know, I'm not even sure what I mean. I just yeah. know. I know where you're going. Yeah. yeah, I just know the the Hollywood syndrome and uh, how devastating it can be, how wrong it can be, how hurtful it can be to a child. So. I mean, how many children commit commit suicide? Child stars. Overdoses and whatever. Too many. Right. Right. Too many. Walking they were the greatest one in the next minute. The, it's the opposite end of the Beatles. The, the Beatles were nobody, and all of a sudden, everybody wanted their autograph. Everybody wanted to buy them dinner. Everybody wanted to buy them a drink. Everybody wanted to stand next to them. You know, overnight. How do you deal with that? Now put that world into a, uh, an eight-year-old's head or a ten-year-old, twenty-year-old's head. Right. right. So uh, all of a sudden they can't go to the movies by themselves. They can't even go to the Seven Eleven by themselves. Right. You know. You know, every time you go to the store, there's a mob of people chasing you down. They're beating on your cars, and <laughs> you know, they're you know, cracking the windows like for a child. That's terrifying in the beginning. It's like what? Right. You know, you even seen that even in the Jackson special, that movie. You know, the first time that happened, Michael pretty much had a panic attack. He didn't understand what was going on. He was thinking he was going to say hello to fans. Then all of a sudden, they all start chasing him down the alley, and he's thinking like, "Oh my God, they're going to kill me!" Because he was, dude. You go from living in Gary, Indiana, to to dealing with that. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the kid that's been like raising Gary, Indiana, and all of a sudden you're dropped in Afghanistan. All of a sudden, the first day you get there, you're probably coming under fire. You wouldn't know what to do with that, man. You come from small town America, <laughs> right? Right. You have one crime every ten years, and all of a sudden now you got all these people shooting at you. you know, that's <laughs> man. Can you just imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But in the final analysis with Michael, he was he, evidently there wasn't enough there, and um, uh, everybody says he's guilty because he made payoffs. Uh, good business at times is pay somebody off, get them out of the news, get them, get rid of them. They can't talk about it anymore. A person innocent can do that. Yeah. I just recently dealt with a case where. Uh, a worker and a friend of mine's business accused him of um, trying to get her into bed and so on and so forth. I happen to know the man is impotent, and he wouldn't do it. He, he wanted to pin her off to go away and stop making the noise, and I advised him not to do it because if it happens again with anyone, you're you're up for grabs. And he did it anyway. Uh, he paid her off, and I know beyond a shadow of any doubt, he was innocent. And, um, you know, well, people will do that. Even Michael made me off. It could have been because he was guilty. It could have been because he just needed it to go away. Exactly. Him, Bill Cosby, hell, even our president. <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you pay them once doesn't mean they're actually really going to go away. <laughs> it's everywhere, I tell you. It's everywhere. When you pay someone off, you only get rid of them until a better offer comes along. You know? Exactly. Then it, then it resurfaces. It's like, hey, if I can't make any more money off of this, I'll keep my mouth shut. But the second an opportunity presents itself Obviously. for me to get on the news and make even more money, we can take that NDA and shove it up your ass, right? Exactly. And obviously, there's not a statute of limitations on it either. I don't care if it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's like, look, man, the economy's growing. These offers are growing. I'm talking. And so how do you people look at it now? So your little 130 grand back then cause it doesn't compare to the couple of million I can make now. Book deals, movie deals. Come on, dude. It's like, how are you going to top that? I think Comey just had that, that conversation with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, going on tour. And trust me, and a lot of times I actually feel with a lot of those parents or those children with Michael, they pretty much had the same mentality. They're like, oh, you know, even if nothing happens, we can say something happens, and guess what? He's going to pay us to shut right. up. Right. So, yeah, right. yeah, Timmy, you go spend the night with Michael. You know, so somebody should have been there on, on Michael's team, like, uh uh-uh, uh, bruh, no. This is bad. This is bad business. You know, that, that's so hard to do. Uh, a very good friend of mine, Red West, was one of uh, Elvis's bodyguards. And when Elvis died, I, I talked to him. I said, how could you let this happen? How? With the drugs and everything. And, and uh, he said he was Elvis. All we could do is make sure he had good drugs and try to help him not take so many. Because if he did, if if you put the lid on him, he could go to any he could walk into any pharmacist or any doctor's office and say I need, and they would love to give it to him because he's old. Right. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's understanding the celebrity. Uh, the celebrity in the United States is our royalty. That's that our right. royalty. <laughs> as sad as that is, that's that's exactly. our royalty. And uh, they go awry sometimes. But, you know, with with the uh, children in the movies and stuff, uh, there's been some horrific 
horrific stories about it uh, that a lot of them are hearsay. Uh, a kid says it about someone who's dead and gone now and all that stuff, but um, I don't doubt it. You know, people in power, you want to get in the movie? You got to do this, you got to do that. Yeah, and a lot of people are a lot of people are exploited in that world. Not just grown women, grown men, young kids. I mean, it's a, it's an exploitation business. So if, if you want to do this, you're going to have to do this, right? A lot of anyone who's been in modeling or music or in any entertainment facet of entertainment has stories. Male, female, young, old, you name it. Hell, even just hell, even just to climb up the corporate ladder, you know, who's not? Oh yeah. They're yeah, not getting exactly. attention. <laughs> you know, they're not even they're not even out in the forefront. Nobody's even wearing a black dress and a pin for them. You know, it's like, oh, excuse me, this has been happening forever over here. You know, but oh, yeah. just because you guys have access to cameras twenty four seven, now all of a sudden it's all about you. You know, so maybe actually just stolen the narrative now. Yeah, but again, it's kind of like like you're saying, like a lot of these people knew about Weinstein and whatever else, and these are the same people who are like saying enough is enough. It's like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> so. It's amazing. I'm just like, uh, yeah, Oprah, you can't sit and be talking about enough is enough and time's up. And you, you got these big Kool-Aid grins sitting next to Harvey. You know, you're right around him. So somebody as powerful as you didn't know? Really? So you always have the question, you know, who's giving each other a pass? And like I said, it just makes, it just, it creates a breeding ground and make it that much easier for this to trickle down all the way down to children to be exploited because they're not even talking about themselves as adults, what they're doing wrong. So you can just imagine what they're getting away with with kids as well. Yeah. So why, why should they all of a sudden get integrity there? It's just like, come on, man. It's, there's no level to this. It's like, it's still wrong no matter what, but you're still not saying anything because it benefits you to be quiet. <laughs> Quite often that's the case. Well, that brings up an inter- that brings up an interesting question of this human trafficking is big business. This is not small time stuff, right? It's number two for mafias behind drug sales. So, how many people is one of the reasons why not more is being done about this? Is it due to the fact that a lot of people benefit from this who don't want that to be known? It's a combination of many things, and that's one of them. Um, You've got the good old boys club that uh, doesn't see anything wrong with it because uh, uh, sex before society says it's too young is not uh, is not a rule that they want to abide by. Um, it's it's oh my god. Um, There's so many reasons why nothing's being done about it. Uh, um, Trafficking is so widespread and been ignored for so long by all countries, including America. America just got interested in it in the last 15 years. It has grown so big and so popular in foreign countries and accepted in foreign countries that that um, 
Today, it would probably take a special court, a whole new world court, to handle, handle all of the countries involved in it. The, uh, the Hague, they haven't even been able to begin to handle the cases that have been brought to them. And, and uh, it would take the cooperation of countries, and it would take a country like America, who has its own problems, by the way, to to go to other countries and say, you have a problem, and, you know, pointing a finger at, you know. Um, you know, it's been ignored so long. Do you know what agency does the best at discovering trafficking of children, child pornography in America? What agency do you think it is? IRS? Uh, <laughs> exactly. It's like you're, not writing, somebody, you, you're not claiming these slaves you have. Man. You start just them. look at all these fake income stories. You go, there's no way you're making this doing that. So exactly. Let's look into this further. Yeah. You're making $50 million a year doing it after you own a car wash you know, in Anchorage, Alaska? Come on. Come on. IRS is a good guess. Most people say FBI. Actually, that, that's too easy. <laughs> uh, sorry, which it's one? The United, the United States Postal Service is the best. Oh, right, right. Mail fraud and so forth, yeah. They turn it over to the FBI, and the FBI right. gets the credit. Fine, but it was the post office that did it. And um, other than that, well, what are they catching at the post office? Just photos and videos, things of that nature. Yeah, uh, who sent them and where they're where where they're coming from and where they're going and okay and yeah. that sort of stuff. And they measure out what it is and how much of it is to determine how big it is. And uh, a very large network was caught here in the United States uh, about seven years ago. And, and that was because the post office, they did their investigation and turned it over to the FBI, and then the post office added more investigation to it and turned over a bigger case to the FBI. And it turned out uh, to be a fairly not large network in the United States. 800 and some odd people were arrested. Hmm. That was uh, That was in the news, uh, I think, six, seven years ago. But like I said, it's everywhere. Everything that's happening in every other country is happening in America, just different degrees. Right. Different degrees. And we're the market. We're a big market. And in so many cases, it's become the norm. There are travel agencies setting up. Yeah, uh, I was about to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, are, there are Americans who wouldn't touch a kid in America, but they'll go to Thailand or somewhere else. They'll take a tour in the Philippines or somewhere like that. Right. And, exactly. Or hell, just going in certain parts of Mexico. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I constantly see some of these guys getting busted here, like in Texas. You know, who are going on these tours, and I'm just like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. But, but in their yeah. mind, they're like, well, they're not American kids, and you know, but I'm like, what? <laughs> The fact that you even try to justify that? Oh, they'll justify uh, it like that for sure. In their mind, they probably think they're helping these people out. They're like, well, well, you know, that's, the, well, that's the, the, the mentality of most of them. Money. They feel yeah. like it. 
you know, it's like, hey, you know, these, you know, these kids are making money now because of these tours. Because, well, what, you know, where else would they? They're so poor. Where else would they get money? Uh, I don't know from like jobs. <laughs> you know, even if they're just cleaning up here and there, without their bodies and minds being exploited like this. You, come on, dude. Really? Well, I, I have this one. I have this one idiot on Facebook, right? I shared a story about how a lot of chocolate comes from parts of the world where they use slave labor. Now, for people who don't realize the difference between slave labor and exploited labor, exploited labor, they're, they're, they're getting paid. They're not getting paid as much as they should, but they're getting paid. <laughs> Some of you are participating in exploited being... labor right now as we speak, listening to this show. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, slave labor is kids that are either kidnapped or forced into this or brought in under false pretenses. Oh, we'll pay you, and they don't, and you're a kid, and you can't do anything about it. So a lot of, a lot of companies that, bring, that sell chocolate in America take advantage of this free labor because it's slave labor. Now, I brought this story up, and the whole point of this post was to let people know which companies use ethical sources and so forth. And one jack-off gets on there, and he says, well, we should support these companies because if these kids aren't doing this, they may end up doing something worse. And I go, they're slaves, buddy. What's worse <laughs> than that? I mean, you know? Come on, man. And what what makes you think that they're not already doing worse? They may be exploited for all kinds of things. Okay, we're going to have you work in the chocolate factory, and then we're going to have then we're going to pimp you out to pedophiles exactly. after your shift is over. They're slaves. Yeah, there's no limit, so you know. Once they get you, right? Once they can exploit a human being, there's no limit to it at that point. It's like, exactly. well, now that I have you chained here, it's like, hey, I have a client that wants to do this, or you know, somebody you could have a buyer from one of those companies come and get chocolate. Hey, since I'm here, you got any of those kids that I can, you know, just spend some time with? Yeah. Exactly. Give you an There's no million for that. So, like, oh, no, we're going to draw the line. We're going to use you for slavery for making the chocolate, but oh, we're not going to pimp you out because we have ethics. It's like, no, you don't have ethics. Right. These are slaves, right? <laughs> so it's right. it's such a dumb discussion. Then, then where I'm going with the story is I brought up Project Child Safe Tie. I talked about what you do, and I said, okay, you seem to care so much about this issue. Here's an organization that does X, Y, Z. Why don't you go make a donation? Of course, the guy never made a donation. Never heard from him again. But where I'm going is people just like to argue about stupid shit. It's like, just help out the situation, man. I'm not even telling you to stop eating chocolate. Just get it from these companies that do ethical sourcing. Right. It's like, oh, I'm going to support. But if I don't support the ones who do unethical sourcing, it may be even worse for the kids. It is the kind of stupid, delusional arguments a lot of people have. Well, that's, that's the new America, spin on everything. You know, twist around, make it work for you. Spin it. Spin it until it works. Right. Tell a lie wrong enough. Do everything in your power to avoid individual responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Anything That's what that. comes Please. down to. Anything but individual responsibility. I don't want – I'm not trying to catch the IR, man. <laughs> so let me just finish <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. If somebody else yeah, talk to, Let them deal I with it. To, I talk to parents about taking the responsibility of uh, security for their children and stuff. I'm talking to men today in their homes, uh, you, you look like a pretty strong guy. You've, you told me you work out a couple times a week and, and stuff. But uh, how do you protect your family, your two children and your wife, from a home invasion? You know, it's your obligation to be prepared to protect them. They're dependent on you, the head of the household, to protect them. What are you doing about that? And... and uh, I get all kinds of answers and stuff. Very rarely do I get, well, I got a gun for that situation. 
um, getting people to take the responsibility and and uh, handle things right, look at things right with the right attitude, understanding the difference between what's slavery and what isn't, <laughs> the simple common sense stuff. You're going to get me common sense that doesn't apply today. So, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know if common sense has ever been common. <laughs> no, I was talking about, <laughs> talk about the most mislabeled phrase ever, like common sense. Like, okay, when did this ever happen? All these different time periods. In, well, in, I, don't, in I don't just, just grab someone off the street and ask for advice because I'm confident he or she will have common sense. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Talk about rolling the dice. Let's just go. Let's just go walk up to strangers and ask them for advice on various things. You know, how much good advice are you going to get? I thought the worst phrase in the world was the golden years. <laughs> Yeah, when black people had to ride in the back of the bus and, you know, colored for colored folks bathroom and it's like it's like when people always talk about the good old days for who? Who was it good for? I'm like who? Who's good old days? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> where where my parent where my parents couldn't get married, you had the interracial yeah. marriage and they, they in Virginia yeah, until, Japanese internment you know, camps right here born. in our own country. Yeah. You know, just because, yeah. you know, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. That means right. all Japanese are bad. <laughs> you know, even though these people were like from America who were born here. Right. Right, exactly. So, They're American. Those good old days. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Trail of Tears. Those good old days. Come on, man. Which which days are we talking about? <laughs> the, the Crusades. I mean, come on. <laughs> How far do we need to go back to find these good old days you're speaking of, man? <laughs> like, geez. Yeah. When were they really? Uh, it's supposed to be easier today because everything is. Given by electronics and press right. buttons and all that stuff, but uh, I think the important you things, can... morals and honor and value, are going down the toilet. Well, that would mean actually you have to communicate in real life a lot of times with real human beings to understand morals and values. But when everything has been dictated to you electronically, and which right. pretty much is like pretty much fake. It's a story being told to you and it gets to the point where you're starting to believe those stories and that's the only truth you've ever had. It makes it very easy to not connect with the morals and values, you know, of being a real living, breathing human being. <laughs> and that's what's happening now. Like they, technology makes it very easy to have hiding places now where you don't have to stand up when something, when you see something wrong, you can just hide. You, you really don't have to do anything now to my, People like to talk about see something, say something. But a lot of times people see something, they start recording it. And they're not saying right. anything unless they're narrating right. the video, you know, from across the street. You know, it's like, that's not what they meant by see something, say something. I mean, you say something, man, you know, do something, you know. So it's not time to turn into Cecil B. DeMille and start creating your next Hollywood production. When you see something wrong happening, you start filming it. You know, this is not going to be your big break and get you into Hollywood, at least get you on E! Entertainment News or something like that for the night. It's like there's something a lot more important in at stake. It's just somebody's life. Something's going wrong. Do something about it, man. Don't worry about the fame. You know, just do it. Just like the did did at Waffle House, you know, a few days ago. You just like, right. look, man, I gotta get out here. Right. I gotta get out here alive. I don't have a gun, whatever. But <laughs> I'm he's I'm gonna make this dude have to work to kill me. But that's the that's the that's the attitude people need to have. 
These people are like, oh, yeah. why should it even be that way? Look, man, it's been that way since the beginning of time. That's just called survival of the fittest. That's how we made it to where we are as human beings now, as far as evolution. Right. You know, you've got to sit there, you've got to pick your spots and decide, man. What are you going to do? Tomorrow, what are you prepared to do? We will always go back to that untouchables quote of, of a lifetime. What are you prepared to do? I'm not going to sit there and and pawn off my life to someone else. We all see that that's not going to work. So I love that guy. Yeah. I love that guy. I want to meet that guy. Uh, I know, man. <laughs> I want to shake his hand, buy him dinner, and pay his rent for a month. What <laughs> a great guy. What a, yeah. what a hero. What a hero. He should be at the White House getting the biggest badge pinned on his chest and whatever else. Yeah, no one in the White House even talked about this guy. It hasn't been tweeted about at all. It's almost like oh, it never no. happened. Too good. It's actually too good. A, it's too good a story. We can't have good news and that, going viral. On, that, fits, that kind of fits the narrative. It's like, hey, here's a good guy. Didn't have a gun, but he took down a guy with a gun. Took the gun from the guy, right. the bad right. guy. <laughs> you know. So, well, I think you're going to see more of that. Not to take away anything from it's this. It's going to have to happen. But because I, well, I think now that people see these kind of things happening so often. When you're in this situation, you may think, okay, the only way I'm going to get out of this alive is if I do this like this other guy did, right? You start, it starts becoming an, an imitating process rather than people just running. Oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. And then, you know, and you just right. you go and you hide into the bathroom stall and you start texting your parents, telling them you love them. And, you know, I probably won't come home tonight. Like, nah, dude, if I'm not coming home, you're going to you'll find out on the news tonight, mom. I'm not going to text you and tell you <laughs> I got things to do right now. <laughs> you know, so it's not the time. The time I'm texting, I could have saved another life. Somebody else probably got shot or hurt, you know, whatever else at that point. You know, even in Toronto, you know, you saw people, two cars try to stop the dude in the van, you know, when he was right. plowing people down. So it's, right. it's people need, what's happening now in the Western world, we're realizing what's been going on in the rest of the world now. We're finally realizing we're no longer the babies being coddled and protected anymore. It's like we have to. Stand up and go back to what I was saying earlier, individual responsibility. you got to make a decision. What's right and what are you prepared to do when you've made a decision what's right? You know, are you going to sit there and, like, you know, cower away or just like, you know what, tossing like, hey, man, you know what, I might die doing this, but if I can save another person, so be it. So thing is like, how are we getting back to valuing human life again? That's the choices I've had with Project Chelsea. I have no choice. I know how to do it. I have the men to do it. If I have the money to do it, how can I say no? That's, that's, you, you just do the right thing. And guess what? Uh, Not everyone has to do like you, Ty, and run in and take on these guys, you know, face to face. Our listeners listening right now, what do I have to do? Well, hell. I know what I can do right now. Let me give $10 right now, $50 right now, $100 right now. Hell, let me just give five every month and put it on recurring. I had to do, I have to do something. Now, after I've done that, let me at least share online that I did that. So, hey, look, look, man, I'm leading from the front. Look what I did. Hey, join me. I don't want to be the only one here. I'm not grandstanding and saying that, hey, look at me. I donated Project Childhood. I think I'm better than you. No. I donated to Project Child Safe for a good cause, and I don't want to be the only fucking one. I need somebody here with me. You know, somebody, because we can get a lot more done with many of us than just one of us. That's the attitude you should have right there, because you know you're doing the right thing. It's not even, don't even ask the question, like, well, it's not my kid, or I don't know any kid. No, don't even talk. Just do it. Stop, don't reason yourself out of it. Turn your brain off and use your gut and your heart. 
That's the reason why the gut used to be the, the human brain. You know, it was considered the human brain. That's what you need to go with. You can think yourself out of a lot of stuff. Doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> Doesn't mean it was the best thoughts. So. You're right. But trust me, if right. more and more of us doing that, a lot of these a lot of these bad guys will they will back the hell down because they'll realize that the playing field is getting even now. You know, no matter what, whether someone is licensed to carry a gun, whether someone's been trained in martial arts or self defense, whether someone's like, you know what, not today, and he grabs a freaking I don't know a, a waffle griddle from behind the counter and clocks you across your head with it because they have the testicular and ovary size fortitude to do so. You know, it's just like not today. When more and more of those guys start seeing this, they'll realize, like, you know, I need very, if I'm going to be a criminal, I need to be very, very picky about what I do and when I do it. Because now these people are, they're not giving an F, man. So, you know, that, most criminals feel that, like they're the ones, the only ones that feel that way. But when, when good people start doing that, then, hey, game changes. You start seeing those numbers go down. You'll see less of those incidents. Or you start hearing more stories like this, like, hey, an idiot try to run in and shoot up a place. And all 30 customers piled in and beat the living crap out of him. And they pistol whipped him. <laughs> no one got shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, not, you're, 100% right. <laughs> you're 100% right. Uh, and to, to proven statistics, when Florida passed the right to carry arms, crimes against uh, individuals dropped 32% the first year. Because people were prepared to protect themselves. People were prepared to do something. And the crime, we're, we're used to hearing 4%, figure 7%, 32% the first year. Yeah. That's, that's remarkable. And that, that lends to exactly what you're saying. When people start doing something, whether it's something as, as, Little as as protecting yourself against a possible mugger up to children being stolen off the streets. Yep. A person doing something, a parent looking at a child standing by himself or wandering around and sticking with that child until something happens or calling authorities makes all the difference in the world. Exactly. All the difference in the world. And that's uh, not limited. Just sub, that's not just limited to looking out for people that look just like you either. It's like, look, are they human? Look out for them. Are they breathing? Is a living being? Look out for them. Right. I am so sick of this prejudice stuff. I judge. I judge people. I judge them by what they say and what they do. End of story. I don't care what color they are. One of the smartest men I know is not white. And I listen to his every word. He's a West Point graduate, and I love him. And, uh, you know, when you when you get past all that, you don't think about color. You don't think about anything other than the person. Is this a good person? Is this a bad person? Even if you're status, even beyond the color thing, too, even if you're status, like, look, man, just because... Just because things like that didn't happen where you were raised doesn't mean they don't happen. So don't be so quick to say, oh, that's, it's not that. You're blowing stuff out of proportion. Blah, 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 blah. Like, no, instead of having an answer, why don't you ask the questions like, dude, is that true? 
do you do you really experience that like in your area in your city is that what's really going on yeah here it is here are the stats blah 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 and that's when you start understanding and then that's when everybody can mobilize together for for a real change don't just sit there you know in your nice little cushy area and just like oh that it can't be that serious that didn't happen <laughs> and i'm just look well, that, that's because that's i don't the see people being here in, in, in Houston and, you know, and being exported to slaves. And I'm not going to sit there and dismiss that that's not happening in Libya right now, that, you know, slavery is making a big comeback over there. You know, I'm not going to sit there and dismiss that. You know, I'm actually talking to someone from that area. It's really easy because I have the Internet. You have plenty of people who are talking about it on Twitter from those areas and like, hey, I just took pictures right here. Here you go. Here's an actual slave trade happening right now. And I just got a video of it. Well, damn, dude. How about that? You know, yeah, slavery is never it's, it's never gone yeah, away yeah, in never, most of most of the continents. You visit those countries, you can you basically seen people that are slaves without even realizing it, or a lot of times you, it's right. obvious that it is. But just just going back to that whole saying when people say you guys just need to get over it, the problem with that saying is it, it's acting as if it's a past it's problem. Here. Yeah, exactly. You can't get over something that's happening right now. It's like, don't tell me to get over a broken leg that just happened. I just got hit by the car, man. All right. Don't you know tell me to get over, over it. <laughs> you know what I'm over now? I am over the ice age. I am over the dinosaurs. Okay. So I'm over all of that, man. You know why? There's not a problem anymore. I'm not being chased by a T-Rex anymore. So that's not an issue for me. Okay. I'm over that. You're not going to hear me bitching and complaining about, hey, man, save the dinosaurs. Or how dare you treat the caveman like that? <laughs> it's like I'm over it. Okay. But don't sit there and tell me to get over lynchings when I just had one less than 15 years ago right here in Texas where they drug a man to death just because of what he looked like. You know, yeah. don't tell me. You know, don't tell me when you get they have that lynching museum that you feel uncomfortable now. You know that. You know why are you showing that? It's uncomfortable. Shit. You think it's uncomfortable for you? you should have, you should talk to the people that got lynched. I'm pretty sure they were uncomfortable too. <laughs> Same thing with these kids. Like, I don't want to hear about these kids, man. I don't hear about those kids. Nobody wants to hear about that. It's so sad. I'm like, shit. You should talk to the kids who are getting trafficked. I'm pretty sure they're sad too. <laughs> Get over yeah. yourself, man. You're right. It doesn't. You're right. It doesn't have to involve a death. It can just be what's going on around you. You see it right. every day. You see right. the prejudices. In in motions, in facial expressions, in in hurtful words, uh, you see it all the time. Uh, isn't life hard enough without that crap? Right. I just I just can't I cannot relate to it. I can't. My mother grew up in Maryland, and she was taught and fought against it, prejudice from her parents. She fought against it enough to make sure that when I grew up and my two brothers grew up, that that didn't happen. And I thank God for that. But uh, how hard, you know, for a child growing up, she was brainwashed to a degree. But she fought it. I probably helped from my father, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, I know he wasn't prejudiced, so he married her. He probably helped her along with that. But uh, I just, life, a good life is a struggle. When, when, you, when you've got these, these prejudices against you, you know, I might not get this job because I'm a certain color, but I'm smart, I'm whatever. Uh, 
What what is that? I I can't relate to it. It doesn't compute. It it shouldn't compute. And uh, but you're right. How can you forgive or forget something when it's going on in all different stages, from the very minuscule to the very worst daily around us? If you're attentive and you watch for it, you see it all the time. See it all the time. Terrible thing. Terrible thing. Life's hard enough. Get on with the real things. Get on with life. Get on with the real problems that are happening. Mm -hmm. You know? Get on with the things that are happening to children in places like Africa. You know? doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. And and people make things that don't matter important. I label them under nitwits. (laughs) Don't know what else to say. Right. (laughs) Don't know what else to say. I mean, I think society in general is conditioned to not want to allocate time towards things that are important. I mean, what's a more important story than what you do? That should be something that's in our vernacular every day. It should be on the media every day talking about this. Every time you do a mission, it should be, look what these guys pulled off. Here's where you can donate money. But it's not. I mean, just recently on social media, right, here's a here's a little funny story that made me think about you since you were coming on the show. Sincere sent me this funny photo, right, of these four fat guys that are armchair experts. You know, one guy, all four of these fat guys are watching MMA, and one guy's going, oh, he needs to do more cardio, uh, work on your diet, blah, 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 right? Because that's that's what a lot of people do who sit at home watching MMA, for example. They're all armchair experts, never been in a fight in their life, never even been in a They've never been match. punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Never took a jiu-jitsu class, never took a Muay Thai class, nothing. They have no combat experience whatsoever. And I shared this photo with a guy we've had on the show, Matt Brown. He's a UFC fighter because we talked about that last time he was on. I just thought it was a funny thing to share. And then he shared it on Twitter related to a story that happened over the weekend with one MMA fighter people were whining about. And then it went viral, this photo. I mean, hundreds of people, I think a thousand people at least shared it. Everybody's commenting on this. And I just thought, imagine if we got that kind of response when we posted this episode or posted an update on what you're doing. We could post an update on what you're doing and say, hey, our friend Ty Ritter just got back from wherever and saved 161 kids. And maybe three people will like that and say, oh, that's great. No one will share it. And it certainly won't go viral. Right. Like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if we spent more time shaming these assholes than like kidnap these kids the way we shame people who act like I don't know. They're, they're the sure. baddest guy on the internet, or the baddest yeah, exactly. fighter, or, or they're wearing the wrong clothes. Like what? Or you know, the ones that want to shame Melania Trump because she's wearing a hat that Beyonce, that looks like what Beyonce wore. Like, what if we could just <laughs> shame these dudes the same way, the cartel and all these guys, and just make assholes right. and just make a mockery of them, <laughs> and dare them to say something back and try to be like, oh, I'm gonna come find you. Yeah, and we'll all be waiting for you. You think those right. guys would do that? When 1.3 million people share it and say, yeah, and I dare you, I dare you to say something. I dare you to speak up. Because if you speak up, then we could trace and find your ass. You know, thanks for having right. an ego. You want to sit there and defend yourself against the Internet. You know, but other than that, what are you going to do? Because now 1.3 million of us who shared are like, what? So imagine that world. 
Yeah. We have criminal. Can we get can we get into criminal shaming? Can we get into that now instead of fat shaming and, and all this other <laughs> stuff? Can we get into asshole yeah. shaming? You know, <laughs> exploiting shaming, something like that. That would be yeah. dope. People that are people <laughs> that are actually causing harm to others are exactly. not being shamed. Where people that are rapists have shaming, behavior that other you know? people don't like, they're being shamed. Right. <laughs> yeah, you can't even get these people to actually shame bullies online anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, they were bullies too, so they didn't have the right. It's like, come on, man, really? <laughs> so <laughs> all this deflection going on because that person right. said probably was bully themselves. Right. <laughs> you know, like, oh man, but what I mean, you so, social media shows you what people prioritize. And that's a reflection of society because a good chunk of society uses social media in one way, form, or another. And what they prioritize is stuff that has no consequence whatsoever in improving anyone's life. Like, oh, we shared this funny photo and everybody made fun of the people in it. Okay, so what? (laughs) Just made you feel a little bit better. It's like, oh, at least I'm not like the guys in that photo Matt Brown shared. So, yeah, but you're also a guy who's wasting time sharing this photo, commenting on it. <laughs> when you could have made a $5 donation to Project Child Save and then gone done and then get up your computer and go do something in the real world. That would have been more productive. Well, you did it, too. I'm like, yeah, I shared it with my buddy one-on-one in a private tech, and I donated to Project Child Save. Okay, and your point well, is? Well, I shared it to just show just so I could talk about this on today's show because I knew what would happen. I go, he shared it. I go, watch what's happening here. I've never seen so much activity on my Twitter feed. <laughs> You know, over something, it's funny. You know, I can understand why people thought it was funny, but it has no consequence in improving anyone's life. Contrast that with, hey, here's a great episode with Project on with Ty on Project Child Save. We get two people. Now, here's another funny thing. Is I, I talked to Mark Gordon over the weekend, he, and Ty, Mark, Dr. Mark Gordon's a doctor who helps soldiers with PTSD, with hormone optimization oh, yeah. therapies, et cetera. Really good guy. We've had him on the show many times. So anyway, I was talking to him, and I asked him, what the response was when he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, because he's friends with Joe and he's been on the show many times. And he said really nothing in terms of donations. And at first I thought that was shocking. I was like, wow, that show gets millions of downloads, views. If you add up YouTube and all of that, you think it would have been just a, a windfall of donations, but really nothing. Because... All that is is a million people that also do nothing. <laughs> so probably, whether you have a show that's a thousand people or a show that's a million right. people, it's still people that are doing nothing. So it doesn't matter if you multiply the thousand that are doing nothing you know, by a hundred. I'm sure the majority of them have never served a day in their life. So, you know, you at least, if, even if they didn't donate, they would least, hey, man, like I've talked to a lot of my buddies who are vets. I'm like, and I told them about Dr. Gordon. I'm like, look, you, right, here's right. his information. Whenever right. you're ready, here's his information. I said, he's not that far. I know he's usually like up in, like in the Dallas area and all this stuff a lot. And hell, he's even out of, you know, with ex-president Bush, you know, and doing events with him. So he's in Texas. He's accessible, you know, so he's out here a lot. I said, but whenever you're ready, I don't push it further than that. But I give them the information. I said, or here's some episodes. Listen to what he's talking about. And, you know, and just, you know, do what you will with that. How hard is it to do that? You know, I'm doubt if any majority of you guys probably even do that when they heard that episode with Joe. But um, like I said, well, I mean, the, the only does, good thing out of this it doesn't is, pertain to them. They want to hear about they want to hear what he has to say about MMA. They want to hear, hear about him, you know, talking about you know lifting and whatever else, and bring a comedian on or something like that. Because you know that right there is really no consequence for that whatsoever. There's really nothing to do. That's entertainment. 
And I think that's where the biggest issue comes. So when I, I guess if we start making more movies about what Ty is doing and make that mainstream and start putting more and more of these big name box office stars in it, that'll make people more aware. It's kind of like with Black Panther. I've never seen so many black people become awakened, you know, in Black History Month. <laughs> And this right, year, right. I've never seen that many black people go out and buy kente cloth and start getting you know, like dashikis and things. But, you know, I'm not upset. I'm glad. <laughs> I, but I'm just hoping that here we are a few months later, that that energy is still going on as far as the awareness and, and that and that and that that energy to want to learn more about their past and their culture prior to slavery. You know, and not just what's just given to them during Black History Month or whatever else. So maybe we need to have more and more badasses. Maybe John Wick needs to go over in Africa and, and, and or go into Mexico and take on the cartel and take out the sex traffickers and, you know, and, and destroy the Russians and their container ships and whatever else. You know, and maybe he needs to do that for people to become aware and all of a sudden, because as soon as they see that, then all of a sudden these guys, like, they're probably going to start calling Ty. So, man, I, I want to join. I want to help. I want to I I join you guys. <laughs> you know, what can I do? You start well, that, that's, the, that's, that's the problem when I bring up your organization, Ty. If it's a guy, he's like, oh, uh, instead of saying, where do I donate? They go, well, if he needs anyone else to join the team, I was like, no, jack off. We don't need – your only experience in the field is on the paintball field, all right? We don't need a, we don't, we don't need a guy who plays paintball with his buddies and thinks he's G.I. Joe. It's like – there's a team of professional operators. They don't need some guy who's only shot at the range on the team. He trips over a rock and gets no. He didn't shoot shoot at the range. The He's never shot at a basketball. Even then, he shot an air ball. <laughs> that's that's very true. That's very true. Uh, the the last two that that I've done with you, uh, the response has been wonderful as far as people wanting to join and come and rescue children. Uh, but as far as donating, there hasn't been much. However, there has been a few people who have been very generous through your show, not counting you guys, aside from you guys, who have been very generous, by the way, most generous, uh, even knowing that no one takes a salary here. No one's getting rich doing this. They aren't even making a living doing this. Everybody makes their own money. But we have had uh, a couple from your show that have been very, very generous. And, Great. And, uh, yeah, yeah. We had one fellow that was uh, donating $500 a month. He did that for about six months. It's yeah, that's wonderful. a lot of money. That's great. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the other thing I was going to say about – so the other thing I was going to say about Dr. Mark Gordon is that he's – I think I believe he concurred with what you said. He gets more donations from our listeners with our much smaller audience than a show with this huge audience. So sometimes people think that if they get Project Child Save on this show or they get them on Oprah or something like that, then everything's going to change. But it really, a lot of times it doesn't. It's just a lot more people who aren't going to do anything. What you need is people that are going to do stuff, not 100,000 people who are aware and still don't do jack. That's not as useful as 100 people who are aware and make donations and spread the word and buy your book and give it to the library and just get the word out there. That's that's funny that you say, uh, Oprah. It's funny because uh, I was on the Dr. Phil show. And uh -huh. Oprah, Oprah created Dr. Phil. Right. And because I went on his show first, he, he had asked me to go on over the Natalie Holloway thing. And I, I did that, 
And uh, because I've been on his show first, she would not put me on her show. Yeah, and everyone knows her as the charity queen, and she does well, do I mean, a lot of charitable work. You know, but she's the one funding, yeah, she's funding the you know the whole you know change you know whatever the the march or march for our lives. She's the first one. We got to do this for the kids. I'm like, well, so yeah, what I was yeah. talking about that was important. Those kids and what he was talking about was it more important than your ego because you weren't first? Who cares? It's such a it's such a journalistic thing to do. Everybody wants to be first, but no one actually wants to be factual truthful or impactful you think being first makes you that much more impactful when everyone is reporting within seconds of each other being first doesn't matter now the only time they're not being first is when they're wrong (laughs) no one wants to be the first one to be like oh we made a mistake you know or we did this that's when they don't want to be first you know this is Mm -hmm. someone just coming from that industry one of the reasons why i could care less about that industry because i've seen it (laughs) you know i've seen how it was even taught in school you know in college you know so the, the integrity is gone. So the, so she, people put on this, this air of being so spiritually connected and all about connected with everyone on, and blah, blah, blah. But then there's moments like this, which you just mentioned, Ty, it's kind of like, and it goes back to one of the reasons why I hated working in the entertainment industry because there were people that I admired and looked up to and liked before I became a part of that industry. But then when I started working with them, I wish I'd never met them. I wish I didn't know. But at the same time, I'm glad I know, but I wish I didn't know. Because there's times it's kind of like, damn, you duped me. You duped me. Well, you're good. You are really good at what you do. Because I actually thought you were cool until I met you. Then I'm like, you're an asshole. <laughs> it's like, gee. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, with, uh, to, to defend them a little bit and to defend Oprah a little bit, she, she had a couple people on the show that weren't what they said they were. Uh, I forget what it was regarding, but that, that's a black eye. And so yeah. I encourage people investigate me. I've been mm-hmm. investigated by the best. Uh, uh, Geraldo investigated me. Uh, one of my board members is a former chief of detectives for LASO. Uh, he investigated me before he got on my board. Uh, you know, just getting on the show, Dr. Phil investigated me before, made sure I was legitimate before. It happens, and I encourage people to to investigate me. Don't just hand me money. Investigate me, and if you're a donor, I get all kinds of people want to see my books, and and I've never heard of them, don't know anything about them, and the answer is go go get your mother to show you her books. Uh, But if you've donated, my books are open. You have a right to see my books. like I said, nobody's getting rich here. It's all going for the cause, and my administrative overcost the, uh, the last time I heard was uh, just under 4% of what comes in. And I think it's less than that now, because uh, I've streamlined it with the help of Sarah. Uh, she's a whiz with all that stuff, and... and uh, um, handles all of my, anything to do with a computer. You got a kid missing, tell me where he's at, I'll go get him. Other than that, don't talk to me, especially about computers. I'm a dinosaur. (laughs) To to work and the investigation and all that stuff, uh, call the FBI. I encourage you to call them and check me out. 
you want to donate, it's projectchildsave.org. You can do it once a month for $5, 10 20 whatever. Uh, if it's $5 and you forget all about it, that's a big thing. A lot of people want to donate, but they forget. Uh, it automatically yeah, comes out. And if you've forgotten, it's $5, it didn't, it didn't hurt you, you know? Right. But $5 right. really, really helps us. $100 right. is unbelievable what it does for us. Replacing equipment and, and, uh, um, actually bringing a child back. Uh, you guys personally, you have, you have a lot of children you have personally brought out of harm's way. And you should be very proud. You really should be. And take credit for it. You deserve it. I may be a Ferrari doing what I'm doing, but you're the engine. And other people who donate, you're the engine that makes us go. Without it, we can't do anything. We're worthless. But, uh, you, know. so you don't you don't mind you don't mind me lying to women on the strip about how I'm on your team and I go in guns blazing with you guys. <laughs> yeah. and then I roll just a little, with the just a little bit of just a little bit of embellishing with that with that taking credit for. If you don't mind me saying, yeah, he does. We need a lot of fodder. <laughs> <laughs> We we need someone to go through the door first that we don't mind losing on the team, you know. So say, hey, break that door down. If you have you take the first five bullets before we come in. You know, it's funny, right before I I I <laughs> retired from from actually doing the rescue, I almost well, I never asked my team to do anything I wouldn't do. And we have an entry this, which is a flat jacket. Uh, first man through wears that, and uh, it's it's got a whole bunch of dents in it where it's been hit. But uh, before I made the decision, I put that sucker on again. God, it's heavy. Now it's really heavy. <laughs> and now maybe it's time. That's going to slow me down even more. Uh, so it's it's. You know, it's uh, as long as you're donating, you you can say anything you want. I'll I'll back <laughs> you. I'll vouch you. Uh, Give me some some stories to tell at the blackjack table. Well, you're part of the team. You people <laughs> who donate. If a person gives five dollars a month, that's a team member because again, we can't do it without you. We're, we're nothing without that. The people, the medical supplies I've gotten from from companies that support us for free. Uh, uh, technical equipment. Right now we're trying to get uh, everybody, every team member carries a little, it's a monocular, but it is uh, a starlight. It's a little handheld pump starlight that allows them to see about 100 feet clearly at nighttime, and then the team member carries uh, a larger one, uh, Russian-made, pretty good quality. It seems uh, it goes out about three, 400 feet, but to have headsets, we need headsets 
so that we're hands-free. It's hard to hold a weapon in your hands and uh, a starting. So we're 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 trying to raise the money to get get uh, starlights for uh, headsets, and uh, they're they're expensive, and uh, haven't found a company willing to donate yet. Even one, I'd like to see at least each team leader have a headset. It would be wonderful if every man going had it. It would save a lot of bumps and bruises. Uh, but if I may um, say say where people can donate again, yeah. uh, projectchildsave.org or go to Ty Ritter on the internet. It'll take you there. Uh, and if you want to mail a check, I like checks because it gives me an address. I can write a thank you to them, a personal thank you. Uh, it's to uh, Project Child Save. Uh, 2696 Foothill Boulevard, number 230, La Crescenta, California, 91214. I really appreciate it. If someone sends, you know, like you said, if everybody gave a dollar, I thought about doing that. I thought about doing that. Uh, I contacted the, the uh, uh, Los Angeles Times. Um, they had 700,000 subscribers. And I said, would you allow me, would you give me space to run a little article that explains what we do, probably a couple of paragraphs, and just ask everybody, all of your subscribers, for $1. They wanted a fortune for that ad. So I didn't yeah. do it. But just yeah. asking for a dollar from everybody with the L.A. Times, you know how many children's lives I could save for $700,000? Yeah. There was a, a car company in Orange County that ran a benefit for some chair. I think it was a cancer thing. And uh, it was a white, uh, no, a black tie, sit-down dinner, no auction, no nothing. And they raised $800,000 in an evening. I just, I just, it's, it's, I think I told you before, if I was, if I was taking a salary and saving puppies and kittens, I'd probably be a rich man today after doing that for over 40 years. But people just, they don't, they don't uh, relate to saving the kids. Like they do other things, I, I don't understand the, the mindset behind that. But it's true, or, or people will say, "Oh, I could have for for the amount of money you saved those those children, I could have fed uh, children in Africa for a month." That's probably very true. Maybe, but the children <laughs> in Africa might not die in that month. These kids, yeah. Yeah. You have to look at severity. And who's you have to look that at money? Severity of suffering. That's another thing. You're like, do you do you know that that money that you're giving in Africa is going to those children in Africa? <laughs> so at least you know, you know, giving to you. Here's someone you can hold accountable. He's right here. You can talk to him. You know, so you know where that money's going. But when you make those donations to feeding children in Africa, you don't know where that money's really going. 
Because are you actually taking, getting on a plane and taking a day off and actually just seeing how they do their daily operations, you know, just show up? Like a lot of the organizations that we bring on this show, they do that. It's like, hey, come in and see what we do. How many of those organizations in Africa are saying that? <laughs> Probably yeah, zero hey, none. Uh, on my business cards and on the website is my personal phone type. I don't want to hear from just anybody, but if you've donated and you want to know where your money's going, Call me. I'll talk to you. I love yep. to let people know where their money's going, what it did last month. I can't have a regular type newsletter like the regular charities do. It, it's 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 creating a pattern, and it's <laughs> for yeah. for my enemy. Uh, and right. I, I can't do that. But right. uh, um, I love to talk to people. I have multiple people that will call me and ask me. Uh, what their money did last month, and um, happy to tell them. Happy to tell them. And once I know that they're doing that, I start earmarking their money, and I can, instead of just saying it rescued a group of children, I can tell them, well, it, it bought uh, some new repelling group, group, ropes, uh, and it, it uh, uh, the, large, the rest of it went towards the rescuing of Nine kids, sixteen kids, whatever, uh, and I'm happy to do that. Very happy to do that. I like talking to people because I know that they're going to talk to people. They're going to spread the word, and even if the people don't today, a lot of your your listeners aren't going to donate, but hopefully they grab a little bit of the conversation and know that they need to keep a little special eye on their kid or tell their brother to quit letting their, their kids run wild. You know, quit taking them to the movies, the 8-year-old and the 10-year-old, and dropping them off. Oh, it's safe. It's a kid's movie. You can't do that. You're just you're just gambling. It's a, a terrible gamble that they're taking especially now that the groups are expanding on how they get kids. God only knows the army that they're creating. I mean, it's costing them nothing to say, go get me a set of twins. Go get me a blonde uh, neighborhood of six years old. I'll give you $1,000 for that. I'll give you $300 for that. Whatever they're saying, I don't know what they're saying. I do know they're doing that. And that scares the hell out of me. They're already getting an abundance of children from all over the world. They're doing something like that? That's war. That's war. And the profits from the war is our children. And, and oh my God. Get smart, people. It's happening. When the cartel, everybody's seen the pictures of the cartels in the rooms with four feet of money stacked wall to wall, closets full of money. They have all the money in the world. They're now involved in trafficking children for sex. That's got to tell you something. Why are the people who have all the money in the world going after that? Because it's big money. It's big money, and the product can be used over and over and over again until it drops dead. 
I think the fact that it's big money is very disconcerting and scary because it shows you that people that have these predilections are much more prevalent than we would like to think. It's obviously not just a small percentage, as small a percentage of society as we would like to think. For it to be such a big money maker, there's a lot more people that are engaged in this nefarious behavior than we would want to, want to admit. I think I told you one time a couple of my guys got inside a group posing as pornographers and they were looking for a specific child and the people had a film of that child and they said, you, you have that kid? And they said, yeah. And they said, we'll give you $80,000 for that kid. Instantly. Instantly, mm-hmm. they said, we want 200000 That's probably what that child's going to make for them in her short little run with them. A couple hundred thousand dollars in a couple, of, couple three years, if she lasts that long. Yeah, that's, that's it. So, it, it, yeah, it's big money. Big money. People are paying big money to uh, buy these films. To be with that child. Yeah, it really feels that the fact that it's not talked about more and the fact that so few want to do anything about it, it's as if people don't want to even be, they don't even want to admit that it happens. Well, it's happened so much that we have specialized in not just getting the kids back. We go where they're filming. We take the children back. We ruin their film. And if security permits, we ruin the building. Mm. It's not that hard because these people make payoffs to local authorities. When we, when we raid a place and we take, they either rebuild right there or they move a little ways away, a mile, a few blocks. I've been back to places in Panama, uh, well, actually the seventh time just recently to the same place uh, area in Panama because they paid the payoffs with authorities there. They don't move far. Yeah. And uh, if the country will uh, work with us and we can trust them, they aren't corrupt, ha-ha, we (laughs) we will work with them. Uh, If they don't work with us, they're part of the problem. We go get the kids anyway. Right. It's a moral, honorable decision that a lot of people don't agree agree with. I can't join the Jehovah's Witness religion because – when they came to my door, I said I couldn't, and, and they said, why not? Of course you can. And I said, because uh, the work I do. And I told them what I do. Uh, go and get these kids back. Well, do you hurt anyone? I don't set out to hurt anyone. But if uh, if they won't let us take the kids, what we do, or they resist, we do whatever we have to do to see to it that no more harm comes to these children. And they said, does that mean hurting someone? Sometimes it means revoking their breathing permit, if that's what's required, to keep these children safe. And they said, oh, no, you can't, you can't join our religion. So 
uh, I'm happy to say I wasn't interested anyways, but disappointment doesn't sound like a big disappointment in your life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be on your bucket list that you wish you could go back and be able to join that organization. Like uh, I can spend my Saturday mornings rescuing kids instead of being ignored by every house that I go knocking on the door every morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like talking to them. They're really nice people. They really are nice people. They're doing what they believe in, and this is America. They can do it, so I don't mind. I don't mind that. I've often thought maybe I should answer the door naked one time, and they would never come back. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna stop them, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I have some friends that tried that before. That no, they were like, "Well, we can wait if you, you know, why you go get dressed?" Like, I don't want to get dressed. <laughs> what do you need to say? You can say it right now. <laughs> well, here's your watchtower. All right, you have a good day, sir. <laughs> I was like, "They're better That's than me." They stay there longer than they want to Like, I'm sorry, I have the wrong house. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just um, people doing what they do. Um, like I've said many times, we'll never stop it. We hope to put a big game For me, it always comes down to one thing. I said, as long as they're not hurting anybody, as long as they're not hurting any children, they can do what they do. What they do. <laughs> That's what it comes down to with me, man. Sure. Whatever gets you through the night. That's what it should be with everybody, Only honestly. Children or animals. Don't hurt anybody. Thank you. Exactly. Just do no freaking harm on purpose. Now I got a whole bunch of people that love chickens hating my guts. Did we lose Mike? No, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Just listening to the silence for a second there. I was like, uh, you know, I'm looking at the time. I was, like, I was making sure that you didn't get dropped off because I know no. <laughs> when it starts telling right, you, it starts giving the hint. <laughs> Ty, what do you, what do you, what's, what's next for you guys? Anything on the horizon? Uh, yeah, the team's looking at um, a new rescue. Um, they just mentioned it briefly, and they're trying twice. I've done two and one, and uh, they're trying to top that. They were trying to match it, and it didn't work out. But now they've come up with the possibility of a three and one, and they brought it to my attention, and it. I, I just sighed and thought, oh, my God, here we go again. They're just trying to outdo what the master did. And they, they uh, I looked at, uh, listened to them, and, and uh, it's actually doable. So they're, they're actually looking into doing three in one. So we'll see. A lot of planning in the, in the bucks. But we'll... We'll make it happen, you know. Uh, the good Lord looks out for us. Uh, when the money stops coming in, people like yourselves out of nowhere drop in and, bam, we're set. We're knowing and, and that stuff. Uh, but right now, actually, we're in, we're in fairly good shape. We're in fairly good shape financially. And if they if they decide to do it, and I look it over, and it's doable, uh, I got to go on it because um, if I go on it, they haven't outdone me because I was on it. 
So I may I may go on it. We'll see. I'll stay in the staging area though. That's really hard to do because they take off and I see them go off and then I hear the party going on and then they're coming back and I'm counting heads and I hate it. Oh God, I hate it. Mm. Oh, I got to tell you one time, this is funny. Um, they came back and uh, it was it was a hellacious one. They they went through a lot. Um, and I'm standing there with the wound specialist and two of the guys, and one one other team member comes up and he said, "You know, something hit me in the side. I don't think I, I don't think I was hurt, but something hit me in the side. Would you take a look?" And the wound specialist started with his, his shirt and looking and, and stuff. And between his shirt and his Motorola, she pulled out a finger. And when she pulled out a finger, everybody standing there that went started looking at their hands. You know, the adrenaline's going and stuff. I didn't go. I'm looking at my hands. (laughs) And one of the the team members looked at me and said, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Uh, To have it and stuff. And it turned out it was uh, the opposition's finger that ended up there. But um, this was actually inserted. It was inserted in him. The finger, the finger projected in into him, or it was just there. Yeah, an explosion. explosion evidently had sent a finger that lodged between his shirt and his walkie-talkie. Oh boy! Nice. That's funny to us. Might not be to the average civilian, but it was. It's funny. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, anything that gives you guys a little bit of a reprieve. Exactly. It hey, it, hey, it happens to the bad guy, so I'm chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, actually, he's like, <laughs> seems like he, he seems like he left on a good day. That's all he lost was a finger. Yeah, if that's all, I don't know. Somebody else might have got it. Maybe if you looked closer, you'd realize it wasn't a finger. It was something else. (laughs) 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 It was a bad day. Upon further analysis. What's that little thing? We thought it was a a thumb at first, but. (laughs) I'm going to stop this. The wound specialist identified it positively (laughs) as an index finger. Well, hey, this has been a great conversation. We can wrap up there. We won't keep you all day. So if everyone knows where to go, put in Ty Ritter in Google if you just want to get there quickly. Put in projectchildsave.org. Make a donation. Make $5. Make $10. Something You're not even going to notice it. You're not even going to miss that it's gone. And if a couple thousand people did that every month, it starts adding up, as Ty said, to real impact. Actually, I think we just lost Ty. Oh, we did? Yeah. He probably got cut off. Yep. <clears throat> so we'll keep it simple, folks. That's what you do. Project Child Save. Safe. Safe. Don't confuse the two. Because <laughs> you might end up finding another organization. And if you're anti-gun, you're not going to like the other website you're going to. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know now. <laughs> so know, know the difference in which one you're going to. Hey, man, let's let's help these guys keep their mission going. And... This is how we do something. We know what's going on out there. We don't have to see it. We know what's happening. And this is how we do something, by helping these guys 
do what they do best. So the best thing we can do is make sure they're taken care of financially. And um, anything you can give, that helps, folks. Don't shortchange yourself, okay? Other than that, man, oh, I, we got Ty back. He just hopped back on. <clears throat> Are you back, Ty? Hello? I see him. There he yep. is. Yeah. Yeah, we're just, we're, just wrapping the, we're just wrapping the show up. We're just finishing up here. We just okay. gave your website. Oh. We just gave your website. Anything else you want to get out off your chest? Uh, just a big thank you to to uh, your audience, uh, those who wish to help, and uh, to you guys especially. I uh, uh, really appreciate the fact that you've you've not dropped the ball. You've uh, kept us in your hearts for quite some time now, and I tell everybody about you guys and uh, what a wonderful thing that you're doing. And, of course, about your products, because I've used them, and they're great. And Sarah swears by them. And I hope to talk to you again. Well, we'll make you a deal, man. Come on, as soon as, as soon as you have no more children to rescue, then we'll leave you alone. We'll stop talking about it. <laughs> we'll stop bringing you on the show. So when you bring the last child home, man, it's a wrap for us. You don't have to worry about us anymore bothering you. <laughs> okay. So yeah, well, we'll, like even, we'll, even, we'll even we'll even stop doing the show. Period. You know when that exactly. happens. Exactly. <laughs> now it's time I mean, to celebrate. We don't need, need to have a show anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mission accomplished. So that's a deal, man. I think it's a pretty fair yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, Rob, man, it's our pleasure. Thanks a lot. Really, John. really appreciate what you do, and the team always—they uh, know and they have listened to the podcast. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. We appreciate. It. Yeah, you have a great day, man. Great talking to you again. Take you care, Bye bye. Take care. And right. yeah, final thing is, you know, go make those donations. And some of you are thinking. I don't know if I want to make a donation. Don't worry. If you're buying my products, you are making a donation because I make exactly. a donation. <laughs> and the goods, having done my having done my taxes recently, quite a substantial donation. So just keep buying my <laughs> stuff because the more you buy from me, the more I can donate to Ty and everybody wins, right? Hey, you you, you didn't even realize you were that selfless. <laughs> exactly. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you are, you're already yeah. making donations. In fact, it happens right after that, after your credit card clears for Patreon, it goes right to Ty. So he thanks you. On behalf of him, thank you. (laughs) But guess what? I'm just uh, creating karma for people who didn't even realize it. A lot of you are like, I don't care about kids. It's like, that's all right. Funny thing is, you actually do. Because every time you buy from support us, (laughs) you're supporting it. It's okay. You already know what to do. That's all we need to talk about. We don't have to give you all links to our website and all the stuff. You know where all that right, is. Right. You just need to focus more on Ty's website today and every day, hell. So on that note, stop listening to us. Go get busy. Go help out. <laughs> Join the team. <laughs> we need more of you folks over here with us. All right? So let's go wrap it up to the next episode, folks. Take care, everybody. Take care.